A new week of your pals, Grant and Danny, gets started right now, Monday, March 6th, 2023. The general manager of the Washington Capitals, who just oversaw their fire sale, Brian McClellan, stops by today at 5 o'clock, uh, at which time, by the way, we're giving away a four-pack of Caps tickets. We'll be giving away Caps tickets to an upcoming game with the Sabres as they wind their season down all week long on Grant and Danny. Danny, this is a huge week because really yes. it's the start of NFL player movement. A week from now, on Monday the 13th, we have that quote-unquote legal tampering period. Uh-huh. So even though the league year doesn't start for two days after that. It sort of does. Monday is when we start to hear, they just use different words. Instead of saying signs with a team, agrees to a terms, mm-hmm. agrees to a deal. But this week is the arranging of the deck chairs. This week, everyone gets their ducks in a row. Basically, the NFL offseason begins now. And it used to be much later than right now. That Now they don't stop. Now there's no sleeping. There's like a few weeks in the summertime before training camps start in earnest. But for the most part, yeah, now we don't sleep with the NFL. The, the business of the next year is really going to get going. A lot of momentum's happening. Uh, we will update you guys throughout the show about the huge matchup tonight that obviously affects, I don't know, would you say millions of people in the DC metro area? Only millions? Yeah, I mean, just but just here. I mean, I understand they're not they don't care about this in like Minnesota or like Hawaii, whatever. Team Four Screen, Team Graphite tonight. Graphite's the three seed. This is a group that has an outside chance of surprising people and maybe winning this thing. Graphite's really good. They're not Team Red, obviously. Okay, and they're not Gray. Who is? I mean, Gray's got the one kid who's the superstar who's going to go on to play Depends on how, in high school at one point. How yeah. light you, you put the pencil down on the paper with the graphite. It can look Precisely. more gray than black, perhaps. This is a team. They're well-coached. They know what they're about. Four screen, nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Wow. Nine-and-a-half-point dogs in this one. If you can make it a defensive struggle, make it a rock fight, slow the pace down a bit, you got a chance in the fourth quarter. But, I, man, this is a tough one. I know two things yeah. about Forrest Green. Because yep. I've done a lot of research dating back to the first time I ever heard about them last week. Right. The first thing I know is when you can catch points with Forrest Green, you do it. So I'll be taking them plus nine and a half on FanDuel tonight. <sighs> the second thing I know is uh-huh. Danny's son is Bill Rowland. Yep. Uh, he used to be here on the air. You may know him. You always got to hammer the over on Bill Rowland rebounds. So tonight it's up because he's had two straight big rebound games. It's up to five and a half tonight. Five and a half. I will be hammering the over on five and a half boards for a while, Bill Rowland. This is this is the matchup. So we're obviously looking ahead to the next round. Team Red, with all due respect to Team Navy, upset winners in the first round, but Team Red, you know, they're the they're odds-on favorite to win the whole thing along with Team uh, Team Gray. Red is waiting in the next round for whoever gets through this, so it's like thanks for your time, but Team Red's lurking in the background, right? It's like having the Chiefs with home field. That's cute you on the wild card game, but now, you know, sort of next step. So either way, the ride is going to end for somebody tonight, but it's huge. It's a major, major matchup. Everyone's talking about it. I want to congratulate you. It sounds like an applause is in order. Oh, me? What did I do? Riverboat Danny. Yeah. Back in my hometown area yep. of King George County, technically yep. on the waters in Colonial Beach at the Riverboat, I got rave reviews from yes. my parents. My aunt and uncle, my mom and dad went to the show. They said you killed it. I crushed it was fun, man. You never know what you're going to – you never know. I've, I've learned this doing this long enough, doing the stand-ups, that some nights you expect it's going to be a great night and you see the crowd coming and they look perfect. You could just eat a bowl of dog food. Other nights where you – I don't know what this is going to be like and every, the average agent here is 204 and they love everything you say. 
one of those things where I I've, I no longer let my sort of preconceived notions about what a show is going to be like dictate anything. Just try to go up and have fun, and that crowd was awesome. Yeah, my they parents were legitimately uh, loved it. It almost seems like my dad had low expectations because he said yeah. he said a couple things. He said he would definitely pay to see you in again, and I think I heard like a Danny was actually really funny. Right, the actually right, which, that, which I get sometimes. I'm surprised, but no, they, they were very impressed. Sounds like it was a great show. No, it was a blast, man. Super, super fun. Appreciate everybody that came out. A lot of kind words. A, a bunch of fans of the show, by the way, were there, which is always just so cool. And, you know, I didn't know our signal went that far because it's two years from civilization and like anywhere else, and everything was closed on the way. You went over the Harry Nice Bridge, right? Yes. That, that's the, the 301. H, the H Nizzle. bridge yeah. is the – I learned to drive. Think about that. Yeah. Like, I'm 16 with my learners driving over that bridge. The wind's got, blowing. The bridge is swaying. You've got about eight inches on either sides of your tires and 18-wheelers yeah. coming the other way. Uh-huh. My mom still doesn't drive over that bridge. She'll pull over. Someone will jump in, drive her across that bridge, and she'll get back in the They offer that seat. as a service, by the way. They should. Yeah. No, they do. Like, when you're heading south. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a sign that says, if you're, if you're uncomfortable, we get it. Pull over here. Someone will be right with That's you. hysterical. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I've just done it my whole life, so right. I don't think twice about it. But they've actually redone it. It's a little wider. It's nicer now. But I've always found it amazing. It's six dollars to get across that bridge. Yeah, that's tough. I paid less to drive across the Golden Gate Bridge in California uh-huh. one time than it costs to go from La Plata, three hundred one there in Maryland, into Dahlgren, King George County, which is right where my parents live. So if you're looking for all the police officers in Maryland, I found them. They're in a stretch of about six miles on three hundred one. I don't they do get, that sometimes. I don't get that bit, by the way. They, they I, I remember this. So there's like certain weekends. Where they'll just sit in every median, you might see eleven in a mile, basically. And I, I, and this is not an exaggeration. Like someone could tell me I'm doing a bit. I'm not. I was one time driving along. This is years and years ago, coming back from XM Radio in DC down 301 to King George. So I would have been probably before I moved, maybe in like somewhere around 0405, 06. There were dudes like laying on the ground with like leave fake like leave jackets yeah. on where they're like mm-hmm. laying on the ground as if they're like fighting a war or whatever, where they they're designed like in camouflage and leaves with like their little like speed guns. Radar out. guns. Yeah. So you can't see them and they're just laying there trying to catch you. And then they'll just walk out. No, no bit. Like they just walk into the middle of the road and point to There's the sideline. There's 11 line. cars yeah. coming toward them at 80 miles an hour. And they just pull us all over at once. Cause your thought is if I'm driving with all these people, they're not pulling us all over. They actually will. Yes, they sometime. are. This guy would just walk out in the middle and be like, if you're traveling in this pack, you're all speeding. You can all join me over here on the and side of the And wait a little bit while I write your ba- or your, 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 yourselves up. Yeah, that was pretty un- uncanny. Waze couldn't even keep up with it. It was like, warning, police officer, warning. I was like, is it is it a glitch? Are you telling me the same one? No, seven in like the span of like a mile and a half. It was unbelievable. But uh, what was cool about it, going to Colonial Beach, is so you pass through King George. You do. And then you're, and I'm in this place called Colonial Beach, which I, I didn't know how far it was when I agreed to do the show. But I'm not kidding you. At 7.10 p.m. when I'm on my way through this little burg, not a single thing was open. Like, oh, Danny. Not one thing was open. All the lights off. All the shutters down. They were all, all the to shade. See you. I guess it's like the high school football game yeah. where everyone the sign and all the we're West Canaan like, going to see the foxes. Go Nobody. KG. They all were. You were in town. I I I was like, this is some small town stuff. And, and I will say, and everybody was good sport about it. King George called a little shrapnel. Did they? Yeah. Catch a little first heat. first several minutes, and I was like, if you're here, who's running the building? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So the, t- the you know the town mayor, uh, constable, attorney, judge, jury, and sheep commissioner are Watch all yourself. here. 
He's my, that he's right there at that table. My dad at one point yeah. in time was the president of the Optimist Club and on the school board. Right. Both of those two things. Right. Yeah, but but they were good sports about it. They were good sports about it. Good. Uh, no, I'm glad it was a success. And they said they would pay to see you again. They said those words. That's all you can help so for. So they, they plan on uh, finding Danny's next stand-up set. and Might be a little bit of a drive. You're like, it's in D.C.? No, we'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait for him to come back on his tour through Colonial Beach, for King George, Love Fredericksburg it. areas. Uh, I was at the Defenders game yesterday. The Defenders have never lost at Audi Field. Wait. go. Wait a minute. There's got to be a time that they lost, Grant. 2020, before the shutdown, they were 3-0 and at home. Mm-hmm. They're now 2-0 and at home. There were over 16,000 people at Audi Field yesterday, Danny. Mm-mm-mm. And it's not like 16,000 people that are just kind of sitting there quietly. There are some rowdy, rambunctious, loud, many of them very well-served mm. people. These games are legitimately fun. I keep telling people their next home game is this weekend. It's on... I believe Sunday night. I'll look that up, but it's a 7 p.m. start this weekend. This has been a blast. I took the kids and the wife yesterday, and we sat and watched. And, uh, you know, when I say we sat and watched, I mean me and my wife sat and watched. They did a lot of other things. Sure. Uh, but there were a couple moments where my son would scream. Like, that is the dream for me as a yes. dad. Yesterday, I put my hat on him backwards. I had him on my shoulders. I'm saying, hey, it's third down. We got to tackle this guy. And he's yelling, get him, get him, get him really loud. That was as as good a dad moment as I've had in my entire life. And for the second time in as many games at Audi Field, a pick six into the end zone with the beer snake with the rowdiest of all the fans as the D.C. defenders improved to first place, 3-0. Six, looking over the middle as receiver fell down. It's picked off. That's Michael Joseph. His third interception, and it's a pick six with the flip. Michael Joseph. So the hey now at the end, I hate everything about that. Uh, I went back after the game and watched some of the broadcast, and that guy uh, is a lot to deal with. I tried to get out of it before he got there because I, I, I hated it too when I, I first by heard By the it. way, I'm glad it's in there because you, you can, can you see Grinch. No, no, no. I literally, I, I paused it and played it for my wife. I was so pissed. I said, listen to and this. She's like, what's the problem? She's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, he yells, hey now, after that touchdown. Hey, now what? what You're an mean? all-star. You might as well have just started dancing. <laughs> Get your, what is it? Hey, now. You're an all-star. Get, Get your game on. Go, go play. play. Yeah. Ugh. Again, we're going to fix these broadcasts. That is the smash mouth of calls, by the way, if I can say that. <laughs> we're going to get real. Bro- this is ESPN. Yeah, but it doesn't feel doing like it, right? calls that don't do the calls of the games that matter. So let's mm. fix that as soon as we can. But in the meantime... I'll tell you that I really had a good time again with the defenders out at Audi Field. I saw some highlights. It looked like a blast. I saw one highlight in particular where there was a word. It's got four letters. And then Dan Snyder after that. Oh, yeah. So, A, I want to know, like, was that just because someone was in the section they could hear? Or could you, like, hear it here for everybody? So, I'm sitting in... I would say at the 20-ish yard line. Okay? On the visitor sideline. Okay. The end zone to my left is what I would call kind of like the B end zone in terms of energy. The other end zone is yep. where you always see the beer snake and the throwing of the lemons and all the craziness, and it's just a lot of people that are drinking and partying, mm-hmm. probably going to Walter's before and after and then after and after. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then during somehow. <laughs> also that. Yeah. So the B end zone where they have great energy, but they're not as crazy, 
and in a way that I kind of appreciate. Like, we don't need to throw stuff on the field necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, both end zones are great. They can have their different ways of doing it. That end zone to my left, the B end zone starts the chant. And it is so loud, and it is so obvious that the, uh, my buddy and I look at each other, and he goes, they're saying bleep Dan Snyder. I said, they absolutely are. And at first, it was probably like one guy, and then 11, and then 14. I don't. I can't speak to what they heard on the other side of the stadium. Uh-huh. It didn't seem like it was like the full stadium. It seemed like kind of like this side of the stadium. But there are videos I can retweet on on social media. Um, I tried not to post them because totally, it's pretty vulgar. But uh, yeah, bleep Dan Snyder. Very very loud, very very obvious, and it is on brand with what I perceive to be this defender's energy that is basically in some ways a rebellion against Dan Snyder. There's something to this, by the way. I don't know how to really explain it, Danny, but I'm walking into the stadium yesterday, and the dude next to me is just talking to a random guy. Like, we're waiting to cross, and the guy looks at him. He's like, oh, you're wearing commander's gear? And he's like, yeah, that's still my squad. He's like, ah, I'm out on the commanders. And I'm just listening to this. Yep. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to give them one more chance. I think they're going to be good this year. I'm excited about Sam Howell. They start debating Sam Howell. And then they just both start talking about how much they hate Dan Snyder. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm just here so that uh, any of my money spent on football is going to be spent here. And it was like, you could make this up. You know what I'm saying? But this is an actual interaction. Uh-huh. Just at a, at a, at a stop walk. And then. Stop walk? Stop light. 50 minutes later, they're doing, you know, in the stadium, bleep mm-hmm. Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. You just can't convince me. Because this is, I don't know if the XFL is going to work. It could get shut down at the end of the season. And, and spring football detractors and haters will have their day. Where they can say, I told you it'll never work. The TV ratings are sub one million, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know that in this city, people like this team. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's 100,000 people that like this team, but it seems to me like about 20,000 people, of which at any given moment, somewhere between 15 and 17 are going to these games, seem to like this team. And when they go, they really enjoy it and they buy merchandise and they have fun and there's more energy than there is at FedEx Field. And I think it is proverbially, mm-hmm. I know that the, the, the bleep Dan Snyder chant happened. I think it is a bleep you to Dan Snyder. It's a direct rebuke. I mean, it's it's hard to prove, and you know better than I do. There's a there is a critical mass, I think, of these of of the fans that are. I just want a local football team to root for. I can't do this one anymore. This one meaning uh, the Commanders. Right. I just can't do the Snyder thing. He's poisoned it for it, it, it'll never be the same. I think those guys are just so, are so happy to be out there. And, you know, whether they know who's in the division or who's on the team or otherwise, it just, it feels good. And it is. I think it's a, re- a rebuke of Dan Snyder. Then there's probably others where it's like, you mentioned it. I want to go to Walters. I want to get hammered. I want to be out on a, in some nice weather. And nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm not, yeah. I don't begrudge that. You got probably a handful of thousand of fans doing that at, at Nats Park this summer all, all year long. No issue there. But I do think you're onto something that it is a direct response may not be the right term, but like there is a reaction, a Snyder-led uh, re- rebellion, I guess is the good word for it. I, I want to dive into that deeper with you at, at 3 o'clock today, coming up in about 45 minutes, and maybe get some thoughts on that from people who have either been going to these games or that aren't. Why do you think that this Defenders thing seems to catch on here in a way that even, frankly, it, it hasn't or doesn't in most other XFL markets? Like We are not viewed as the best sports city, but for whatever reason— Two times over now in yep. 20 and in 23, this thing has really worked. You can't ignore that. I mean, that that has happened. There is something to this, so we can talk about that in a bit. Other locals this weekend, just a quick little recap of the last few days. How about the Caps? 
the Caps are probably not going to make the playoffs. Analytically speaking, right now they have an 11% chance or so to get in. If they win in regulation tonight against a good Kings team, and that's going to be a very tall order out in L.A., their chances would go up to close to 15%, according to the site that I use. So they're not going to make the playoffs almost certainly. And we'll talk to Brian McClellan coming up at 5 o'clock today about the decisions he made to try to reload here by moving a bunch of their veterans on expiring deals. But, Danny, they have won three out of their last four. They scored six goals in beating the Rangers. They gave up a seven spot against the Sabres. But in these last two games since their West Coast trip started, overtime win 3-2 with two goals from Wilson on Wednesday. 8-3 explosion to beat a bad Sharks team. Two goals from Alex Ovechkin. Two goals from one of their newest players who came over as a rental at the deadline, Craig Smith. I'm not telling you they're going to get hot and go on a run. Some of the kids are playing well. This has been entertaining. That's what I care like, about. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying this. Me it's too. Weird. It, it it that's that's the word, Grant. It's weird. Now what you still have are a bunch of guys with a lot of pride, a bunch of veterans that probably don't like the idea of not making the postseason. They're not here to pack it in. They're not here to be handing over minutes to a bunch of uh, you know AHL errands. They're there to compete and you know Ovi scoring goals, and that's kind of what the next month or so plus is all about for me. I. It's just as a reminder, A, how great these guys are, just in general, to get to this level. But B, even though your chances this year have been hampered and you're prioritizing the future, you think Nick Dowd's going to go, oh, I'll just I'll take this shift off. No. I mean, those are grown-ups who are taking care of business. It's been neat, man. As fun as the last few games have been for the Capitals here, three out of four, the Wizards this weekend were just a kick to the stomach. I don't know what it is or why. They cannot keep their big three on the floor at the same time. Someone is always out. Yep. Porzingis has a problem. Beal has some issue. Kuzma misses time. What? How many times have those three guys in succession played five straight games this year? Two? Top of my head, maybe once or twice. They lose to the Raptors on Saturday night. This was right after a Thursday win at home against Toronto. They beat them by 11. Same venue, same opponent. They lose by 13 in overtime. Excuse me, by 7 in overtime to Toronto on Saturday. And then last night, without Coos, they gave the Bucks all they could handle. Team that won 16 out of 17, yeah. Really, really good. Not enough. They lose 117-111. So I'll give them some style points in the L, but it's too late in the year for that. Like yeah. They need to win basketball games, and they lost both of the games they played this weekend. 44 years, Jeeps. 44 years since this franchise has won 50 games in a season. And that, by the way, is just a, an arbitrary milestone, but it's just emblematic of, of who they've been. Every other team has done it at least once. Most teams multiple times over. You've been good, you've been bad, you've been good, you've been bad. Going through the cycle. This team has never really been an honest-to-goodness contender. And this reminds me of the previous big three, the actual big three, whatever you want to call it, where Grunfeld used to say, when the big three is healthy, we have a pretty competitive team. Well, they never are. They never are. So stop counting on it. Stop pretending that it's going to be a thing. That off-injured players like Chris Dapps Porzingis and now Bradley Beal, who you put thousands of uh, of basketball miles on for a 32-win team to try to make the Ted Leonsis Classic play-in tournament, it isn't coming home to roost. It's frustrating, man. The Nats this weekend. Some notes. Our guy, Dominic Smith. That's our guy. Right after coming on the show, hit a bomb. Mm-hmm. That's what we do, by the way. This is a proven fact. You don't have to look it up. Just take my word for it. Every single time any national comes on the show, they immediately hit a home run. So you can tell we didn't have many nationals on last year, did we? Am I right? <laughs> oh, Come me. on, guys. Oh, me. Come, Come on. on. I'll be at the riverboat in uh, Colonial Beach soon. 
Calling bingo? Because they also have bingo in that room. Uh, that's what I do, actually. <laughs> I call the bingo there. Uh, but Dominic Smith came on, and then he hit a bomb. He loves us, by the way. I don't know if you guys have heard. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Granted, Danny, this was awesome. I can't wait to uh, talk with you guys soon. We can't wait to talk with you again. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, my guy, JoJo Gray, two scoreless innings with a strikeout. Looked good. Is there any chance you think that he could get the opening day nod over Patrick Corbin, who gave up more crooked numbers? In his second start. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I wonder if that's a symbolic thing that David Martinez might want to do. I, I imagine he'll just go with Corbin because he's the elder statesman who's we been here. We did that but last year. Like, I, I'm good on that. Yeah, I don't need any symbolism, by the way. I, here's my symbol. No thank you to the older guy. JoJo Gray, please. Here's my symbol. You right. stand over there, and it's, that's called a dugout. Be there as much as possible. Yeah, and you're going to have to wait five days, by the way. Uh, Bob Seeger saying about it. It's called Turn the Page. It's, it's towards the future. It's time. Thank you. Derek Carr has got a home. The first quarterback domino has fallen. Let the games begin at QB in the NFL. We'll give you the details next on Grant and Danny right here on The Fan. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Playing that system that's not a system, but sure plays like a system leading up to the tournament. We're looking for that value with the daily dimes. We look for the gross lines getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. This time of year, baby. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. The former Raiders passer released just after the Super Bowl had been meeting with, among other teams, New Orleans, the Jets, Carolina. Remember, he's able to sign now well ahead of everybody else who can't sign until the league year March 15th because he was actually cut. The other free agents to be, their contracts expire at the start of the league year That's theoretically when they become free. If you're released outright, like Carson Wentz is an example, like Bobby McCain here in Washington, those guys could sign with new teams today. Carr is in that boat. The 31-year-old coming off of one of the worst seasons of his career, one of the worst seasons he's had in years. 3,500 passing yards for him, third lowest in a nine-year run. 24 touchdowns and 14 picks, which tied for a career high. Completed just 61% of his passes, a career low. His passer rating just over 86, the worst he has ever posted, but he heads to New Orleans now to join a Saints team. Danny, coached by Dennis Allen. Remember, the head coach in New Orleans right now was the head coach of the Raiders when Carr was drafted in That's 2014, right. who immediately named him a starter. I really like this fit for him. They've got Chris Alave. I think Michael Thomas probably walks, and I'm not sure about what happens now with Jarvis Landry, but wide receiver will probably be a priority. Alvin Kamara as a weapon out of the backfield. Decent tight end room led by Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson. And he gets to play indoors on carpet. This is the right move. You talk about this all the time. And just in terms of what you would do, obviously, because we can always imagine how you and I would handle being NFL franchise quarterback type players or other professionals. But the money will be there. Why not go someplace where you could be really successful? And I wonder if Derek Carr is aware of this, uh, what I'm about to bring up. He should be going to an indoor stadium or a place where they play in warm weather. His cold weather stats, it's not just anecdotal that his teams quote unquote, don't win in, in cold weather. You could find a sample size of 9, 10 games for somebody. You know, you go on the road against Pittsburgh in, in, in certain times. Yeah, you may lose a bunch of those games, whatever, right? But Derek Carr, it's a very stark contrast between 
outdoor, indoor versus, uh, you know, or outdoor nice weather and cold weather type games. He's got an expected points added in cold weather games, 45 degrees and under, similar to Joe Flacco, similar to Bruce Gradkowski, to Case Keenum, to some of the guys that are not starters and, and some in some cases not in the league. 3.1% interception rate, negative EPA, 59% completion percentage. It's a long way of saying he's simply not the same in cold weather. Enter the NFC South. He was flirting with the Jets. I'm going, uh, you're probably going to have to go to Buffalo in December. You're probably going to New England. I wouldn't do that. How about you go to Tampa? How about you go to Carolina? How about you go to Atlanta? And how about you stay at home in a dome? It's a smart move. I think he's going to thrive there. Yeah, I like the fit for a few reasons. Remember, when Drew Brees was in New Orleans in the 2020 pandemic season, which was the final year of his career, he was kind of a shell of himself. Like the Brees that you think of, that I think of, was not the guy that they had. But in his 12 starts, they were 9-3 and three in those games. Uh, he threw for... 24 touchdowns and six interceptions over 12 games, which is kind of car-like, frankly, in terms of the production in Vegas over the years. He missed a month, had an injury he had to deal with, had a rating over 100, was efficient, and, and, and didn't turn the ball over. But this is a good defense. I think if I was them, I would go about my offseason to try to add a wide receiver with an outstanding young wideout who has a chance to be a star in Alave. And I would probably beef up that line and try to run the ball a bunch. You know, get a, a thick, sturdy thumper to go along with Kamara and allow Derek Carr to kind of manage things for you. Everyone likes kicking Carr around. Uh, he's not, you know, the cool guy at the party. I get that. But what I will tell you about Derek Carr is it's a lot better than the quarterback abyss. You know, they decided they're going to pay him basically $33 million a year is what it's going to come down to so that they don't have to play the Jameis Winston game anymore. They're not going to do the, well, hopefully Andy Dalton plays okay this weekend, thing. The last time they had a quarterback who week in and week out gave them a chance, they were 12-4. and four. And since then, they have tried to do it on the cheap. They have tried to find guys or go with reclamation projects, and it hasn't worked. So they're getting back into the, you'll throw for 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns bucket. Uh -huh. It's kind of what we were talking about for years here. Washington had the opportunity to either pay Cousins or not. A lot of People said, you can't pay him. That's ridiculous. Okay, fine. I'm not telling you you're wrong. That's fine. How's it worked out for you since? It's been a disaster. You start Josh Johnson and Mark Sanchez and Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. The Saints are not playing that game anymore. So they're watching Andy Dalton go to free agency. They're going to cut Jameis Winston. They will start Derek Carr. Looks like the deal officially, Danny, three years and $100 million. That's where the 33.3 comes from. Mm-hmm. In terms of actual money, like you might see four and 150 thrown out there. There's a $50 million salary in the fourth year in 2026 that pushes the AAV up to 37 and a half. So I'm sure the agents slash websites where they look at you know, contracts will claim that he's 37 and a half million per year. My guess is he plays for three years and then they eat some dead money and, and move on before the 50 million kicks in. Yeah, it's not crazy in terms of, of cost in, in that mark, kind of marketplace. And plus, again, this is just something that I would never do just strategically um, in terms of team building. But I will say this. Look at the NFC South. Tampa won the division at 8-9. and nine. There's That's an older roster that was sort of held together with, you know, with Brady and company. They look like to be – maybe they're in tune for a rebuild. Uh, Carolina didn't really scare you at this point. New head coach, they're probably a year away from maybe kickstarting their own sort of rebuild. Atlanta's fine. They're kind of in the midst of it as well. That's a very winnable division. If you're just okay, which is to me kind of what you're signing up for 
when you go get a Derek Carr or someone in that tier, in that tier rather, you could be a playoff team. I generally don't like doing it that way because I think that's that's kind of like, I don't know, uh, cashing in your chips before you end up winning a bunch of big hands and trying to go for the grand prizes. But I get it. I understand that, especially given what they've had the last couple of years and how vulnerable that division is. I don't mind teams that just try to build 10, 11 wins worth of personnel. That is, I think, largely what Mike Rizzo does with the Nationals. He's told us that. Yes. On the air, off the air, right? He has said, my job is to build a 90-plus win team. Now, that isn't his job right now, probably. Right now, his job is to not spend any money and yep. to make sure that they draft really high. and <laughs> Different jobs, different, different roles. Gigs. But there yeah. was a time when they were trying to win and competing where my job is to hand the manager 90 to 95 win ball club and tell him, go get me a division title. Get into the playoffs every single year. And maybe the argument is football's different than baseball or something like that. I, I disagree, though. I think in the NFL, if you can make the playoffs, you can go on a run if the quarterback gives you a chance to. And I believe Carr, while he is a win-with, not a win-because-of guy, gives you a chance if you're playing defense and, and things are going well around him to win playoff games. I do believe that. But to your point on the division, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, there's not a really good team in there. There's not an obvious division champion of those three. I do have the arrow going up on Carolina. I love the Frank Reich hire. They need a quarterback badly. And I do have the arrow going up on the Falcons. I think their front office, uh, Kyle Smith, who was here, Terry Fontenot, have done a really good job. I think Arthur Smith's an awesome young head coach. They also need a quarterback badly. I'm not so sure that what I saw from Desmond Ritter gives me a whole lot of confidence that he's going to be the guy there. But I think you're right. That's probably what the Saints are thinking. They're looking at the division and going, we could win this thing at 10 and 7, 11 and 6 next year if we get B minus quarterback play. And Carr's going to give you that. Yeah. If we get upper half of the league quarterback play with the way our defense is, with a couple of nice young pieces. Now, legal proceedings for Alvin Kamara, notwithstanding, I think he'll be around and available. That's still a great weapon. They've been looking for the thunder to his lightning for a handful of years. They've rotated the Mark Ingrams of the world and. Um, uh, Latavius Murray at times, but you find something there. I'm, I'm with you. That That is a decent group right there. One thing on Derek Carr that I need more information on, though, I've mentioned this a few times over the last few weeks. Nobody seems to care about this, and I really care a lot. As someone who has long thought he was undervalued and underappreciated, he got cut. Excuse me. They knew he was getting cut. He got benched with two weeks left. Mm -hmm. He wasn't around the team for the final two weeks of the season. He went home. It was publicly stated by the team that this was a mutual thing. The idea being they kind of approached him and said, hey, what if you're not around? It'll be a distraction. Why will it be a distraction? You get benched sometimes. I understand you've been the starter there for 2014, and people are going to have a lot of tough questions for you. Answer them and help Jarrett Stidham out. You know, he is the guy, Derek Carr, who's crying at the press conferences about how much he loves his brothers, mm -hmm. how much he loves the team, how much he loves the city, right? So you get benched and you can't be around for two weeks? It just didn't sit it's very right curious. with me. Yeah. And and I understand the team's not incentivized to run him under the bus there, right? That there's you know, they're still probably at that point hoping for a trade and maybe something, even though everyone knew they were they were eventually gonna part ways with him. And but Danny, I'm not saying that the team or that, that Derek Carr did anything wrong. What I am saying is there's a long history of guys getting benched that don't leave the team. Precisely. Why why was this one so weird that the possibility of you being around will be problematic. 
Marcus Mariota basically took his packed his bags and left, and the Falcons said, "Yeah, he left us. He was a jerk." Yeah, so I'm paraphrasing, which is but, now to me disqualifying for Marcus Mariota. But agreed. I'm not feeling the same way here. But did he but do I the guess, same to the Raiders and they covered it up because they they had a great relationship for many years? This is my question: is I don't know. I understand so the team's not going to be like, "Yeah, that jerk took off." Like, I don't think they're going to do that. I would love to know the real story there, and also why nobody seems interested in it. It's just Derek Carr's on on to the next team now. Did he do a pouty temper tantrum and take off? He's I'd been, love to know. I think because he's been known as a really good guy for a long time, mm-hmm. like there was some benefit of the doubt there. Some deposits, maybe. But imagine if Kyler Murray did that. Yes. That is not okay. You are the CEO, starting or not. You make all the money. You're the quarterback. You're the face of the thing. You're on all the billboards around the stadium. I need you to be sitting next to Jarrett Stidham pointing at that iPad for those last two weeks. Yeah, Matt Ryan got benched for, I can't remember the kid's name. Like, did he pout and take off? No, right? No, he's making a, a trillion dollars. Oh, but, Minnie Heineke? Yeah, whatever that guy's name uh, was. Sam Ellinger? 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 I don't know. Point is, Matt Ryan didn't just book a flight home. We've got a new rumor on the Dan Snyder sale. I think this is a little better than your normal rumor because it was floated by someone who's pretty reputable. And it's very interesting. We will discuss that next. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. Time to start brushing up on my billion-dollar buyer on demand. CNBC show starring Tillman Fertitta. Andrew Brandt who hopefully we'll have on the show tomorrow. He is uh, the executive director of uh, one of the centers in schools at Villanova Law School Business of Sports podcast, was on ESPN for years. He tweeted this over the weekend, Danny. I got this from a reader for what it's worth. Andrew, I know you say that you will believe the commander sale when you see it. Well, I was just talking to Tillman Fertitta's son, and he said that his dad is finalizing a deal to purchase them. Thought you'd be interested in knowing. So there's a couple things here. I have some questions, yeah. Number one, why would Andrew Brandt post this rumor? If all it is is some random stranger telling him, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who once knew a guy who did this. You shouldn't do that. I get three of these a day, for the record. Twitter, Instagram, what you know, direct messages, Facebook message, whatever. Somebody knows the the, the woman that cleaned the house out, and, and Tanya left some. My shoes. buddy used to do the gardening for Tanya Snyder. <laughs> right. They 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 fired him. Yeah. This moving company helped them pack up and sent them to London. We hear this stuff all the time. We do. We don't report it because it's not a report. Rumors don't make a report, right? And I don't think Andrew Brandt was trying to report anything. He was just floating something, but. This is not some random donk with a blog. This is Andrew Brandt, who is a reputable, credible person. He's not a reporter. He's analyzing things. He's mm-hmm. an analyst, right? He's not in the game of breaking news. But it's just very, very odd to me. He knows how the industry works. He knows what gets taken and what doesn't and what gets run with and what's not going to. For him to hear something, the likes of which you and I and a lot of other people hear constantly— and float it, it tells me maybe that he either did some fact-checking to see, not that he's obviously um, going to be finalizing a deal, but maybe Tillman Fertitta's involved or that maybe he has a contact or two saying it's not the craziest thing in the world. Maybe there is some smoke here. Could he really have just gotten something from a stranger and passed it along? That would be pretty reckless. If it's a, hey, grain of salt, this is what I saw, take it or leave it, 
which is what probably sounds like how he meant it. That's what he he did. He did the for what it's worth. This was just a a listener or in this case a reader Mm -hmm. saying this. But I mean, can you imagine again if we had that low of a bar for passing information along? I could do two of those a day. For what it's worth, Jeff Bezos bought the team three months ago. The deal was done, and uh, he's living in Dan's Virginia house right now. Right. I mean, we've heard dumb stuff like that. We don't pass it along because it's probably dumb stuff from people who have no ramifications if they're making it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember with the with the name announcement. I mean, there were people that that guaranteed because they spoke to someone who spoke to someone that it was admirals or viceroys or some other kind of name that it never was and was never going to be. And they swore they had it. And instead of retweeting all those things every time, I was, well, let's just wait and see, you know, or, or in this case, let's let the team leak it out on their own web production, making the brand or a helicopter seeing it the night before, before we start uh, going hard with it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's odd. It's odd behavior from a guy, you're right, that's as plugged in as anybody. The only reason it caught my attention truly was that we had Josh Kosman of the New York Post on late last week. And he told us when he was on with us that Tillman Fertitta had offered $5.5 billion and that Fertitta was likely to pull that offer if it just sat there and he wasn't going to be around for long. And then subsequently, I believe, Kosman, either on another show or via writing, said something along the lines of Fertitta's out, he's unlikely to get the team. And that is not what I have heard, which is not to say he's the favorite or anything like that. But when I ran it by someone, this notion that Tillman Fertitta is actually not in the running, they said that's not true, that he's still in the running. Mm-hmm. Same thing with we've heard reports that supposedly Josh Harris doesn't have enough money to buy the team right now. Cash is not in hand at this point. I was told that's not true. I get the sense that a lot of what we're hearing is not exactly how it's going, and there are probably two, three, four people that are very much in the mix, whether they've su- been public or not. bid or not yet. I, I, I'm not sure. That's essential. I, it, it does seem to me like... Every time I check in with people, we don't have as much information as we think we do. And the stuff we're hearing, there's probably a little bit of truth in a lot of it. Not a lot of truth in much of it. Yeah, there's there's an agenda behind every little nugget we get. Again, this is not a free agent signing. This is not a trade. This is not the normal stuff for us. You've got athletic-type reporters investigating multibillion-dollar transactions. It's it's not your beat. So everybody's got an agenda, and they're, they're passing it down. Dan Snyder selling the commanders. I still feel that way. In fact, I feel very confident about it. I think it's happening this offseason. I don't think it'll happen before the March owners' meetings. I've never really thought that was realistic. But those owners reconvene in May, I believe. And that, to me, is a much more realistic timeline than maybe he's out sometime between now and even March, and they can't pull it off by the end of the month. But it could be April. It could be early May. But at some point this offseason, I think he's selling, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, but we're just we're, cha- we're a cat chasing yep, a tail we're just chasing. With every little thing. So we'll try to track Andrew Brandt down and get more info on why he put that out there. G&D on the fan. We started the show talking about the great scene at Audi Field yesterday for the defenders. How tied is the interest this town has with this XFL team to its disdain for Dan Snyder and its disappointment with the NFL team? Next on G&D.